Very good. Thank you, Brother Matt. We appreciate that. Well, I was uh, getting ready this morning and uh, with the assistance of my wife. Well, I mean, I can get my britches on by myself, but but anyhow, you know, the choices are many in the closet of colors, and I'm not too good at that, and so she drug out this tie. I said, did you know that I was using the book of John this morning? She said, yes. So I guess that's why she chose the tie. And I appreciate her so much. I don't know what I'd do without her. Thank you, Catherine. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John. That is 2 John. I want to read the whole book of 2 John, all 13 verses. So 2 John, uh, beginning at verse 1, reading through verse 13. If you find your place in God's word there, would you please stand that I might read it to you? <clears throat> the elders and to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth, for the, for the truth's sake which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found of my children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I write a new commandment unto you, but <clears throat> that which we have from the beginning that we love one another. And this is love that we walk after the commandments. And this is the commandment that ye have heard from the beginning. Ye shall walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is the deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that ye lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrines of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrines of Christ hath both the Father and the Son. If there come unto you, uh, if there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, nor bid him God's speed. For he hath uh, biddeth him, for he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of an evil deed. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink. But I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. <clears throat> the children of the elect sister greet you. Amen. Would you bow with us <clears throat> in the word of prayer? <clears throat> our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Lord, your will be done in the service today. Take, Lord, now the desire of our heart for our prayer. For sometimes, Lord, it seems we know not how to pray, except the fact that we want truly your will be done in all our lives, even today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
I've had a good time this week listening to John talk out of his letters. You know, he's the he's a Gospel of John writer, and he's also then certainly the the one, two, three John, and then he is the writer of Revelations, the last words of manifestation God wanted to give the world before He would close the Bible. And I, I love, <coughs> excuse me, I love John so much in his writings and his, his way of sharing sometimes in a poetic way. Uh, how that as we read the verses that I shared with you here, the elders and to the elect lady and her children. It is a writing to the church, to you and I, to Clearview Baptist Church this morning as we listen to God share with his children those truths of love that he wants to bind us together with and uh, for the truth's sake which can dwell in us and cause us to be the elect of God. It should be something that would just cause our hearts to well up with joy when we find that that joy comes from Jesus, that joy in knowing God in, in his son Jesus as personal savior is something that is, is overwhelming. And I think that we need to take hold of that and become very proud to be a part of the members of a church, Christ's church, his lady, his beloved elders. And you know, we in the Baptist churches today, we have what we call deacons. And I think we're over the, over the last few years in a few Baptist churches, they get into the elder mode of, of uh, existence, and I'm not sure about all of that. But with the exception of, I believe that the Bible makes it very clear, and John here in our reading today, that we are elders. That doesn't mean we're all as old as I am, but that we are elders. We are members of Christ's church. The lady of love that God had sent his Christ to collect as his bride and even in the days of the ending of time that when he will collect us. You know, I hear today people talking about, <clears throat> I'm going to, excuse me, talking about the church, how it seems to be dying out, how it seems to be dwindling away, and sometimes we can get discouraged of our own congregation as the gathering seems to be small at times, and yet I don't believe the church is about to die. I don't believe it is a dying breed of existence. I do believe that it is the bride of Christ. I do believe it is getting dressed and it is a rehearsal that we're in. You know, at weddings, we have a generally a Friday night rehearsal and a Saturday wedding. Well, I want you to know we're in the Friday night rehearsing as we live through life. We are rehearsing to be a part of that grand ceremonial gathering that God will bring in his son Jesus as we gather to him in the skies and become the bride of Christ radiantly dressed in the robe of righteousness that we need to have on even today. And as I think about that, I think, you know, it just makes cold chills go on me because I realize that we are a part of that. And, you know, the Bible talks about what about those that have already gone on to be with the Lord? We all have family and friends that have already gone to be with the Lord, but that does not hinder them, the Bible says, of being a part of the grand coming of Jesus Christ. Not long ago, I remember thinking about, and I shared maybe with you, I'm not sure, but how that one of these days, maybe your radio will be on, maybe the TV will be broadcasting the news, and the news broadcaster will might all of a sudden say, I interrupt this program to bring you some special news. If you want to go outside and look up in the eastern skies, you're going to see a phenomenon that you have never seen. You're going to see a sight that will bless you if you're a child of God and will scare you half to death if you're not. Jesus Christ is coming. He's in the sky. He's being presented to the world as the Christ, the living God, the Emmanuel that has been with us and will take us to be with him. 
And what an awesome thing it is to know that we'll be a part of that. That we'll be a part of the church. The, the lady John talks about. The, the, the lovely lady of the bride of Christ. And so I, I love to read John's writings and how that he gives us the, the blessedness of believing in, in this story, this, this unfolding sum of God's love that we can find in, in the Bible. And I think John's grand total of the message that he wanted to relay would be the words of God as though we, you know, though we read it and it sounds like John is talking and he really is. But God is talking to him when, when John said in verse 3, grace be to you and mercy and peace. That's coming from God. That is God's part of wanting the credentials to be in us as his bride, as his children, as his church. But you know, I look at that and I also believe that God himself has credentials. And that is part of it. The credentials of God through Christ was mercy, is peace, is joy, is long-suffering. And he is there in the presence of the Holy Spirit still yet today giving us guidance. And so as we look at these verses, talks about the truth. What is truth? The truth that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. And the world that has gotten so full and rampant in the Antichrist movement that we see yet even today, it would have us believe otherwise. But the Bible says, you know, and I believe that there is going to be a sum total of a one great leading of an Antichrist, but the Bible lets us know that before that grandness of that comes, and that's not grand as far as glory, grand as far as horror, uh, before that comes, the Bible says that the world will become full of Antichrist. They are with us now. And we have it in leadership. We have it in, yes, in churches. We have it in communities. We have it in our county today. And we just want to ask God to guide us. And talk some about prayer in the Sunday school class. Brother Eddie so rightly brought it about in many points he did. But one of the things that I want to know and feel is that God still wants us to pray. We know that God knows what we need to pray for as we ought, but God wants to hear us. You know, our children, I guess, wants to hear us, but I kind of question that once in a while, especially the grands that gets into this, what do you call it, Texan? By talking about Texan, we stood on, this is a change of subject, but we were standing on the square yesterday at every corner, and God bless those of you who were willing to stand and sit in the corner of Sister Aldine. But as people were coming, I would be safe to say that one out of three and make it four at the most was either texting or trying to dial the phone coming around the square. And if you wasn't a little bit farther away from the edge of the sidewalk, they're liable to get your toe. And I thought, my stars, what a danger this is. It really is. That's worse than, I don't know what that's worse than. But, uh, but anyway, it just seems like that God does want to hear us. And he brought out the fact, and I was already going to mention it, you stole some of my sermon, Eddie. But the 17th chapter of the book of John, I think is the 21st verse. And the whole chapter, all but one, probably two lines, is the prayer that Jesus prayed. And I love the, I think it's verse 21, where Jesus says, not only do I pray for thee alone, but for those who come after. He was praying for his disciples, the people of his day. They were trying to lead the way into the righteous path that God wanted the world to walk in. And yet he looked far ahead. And I believe he even saw this gathering this Sunday morning in Clearview Baptist Church. And he says in that verse, neither pray I alone for the disciples and these that are here with me, 
But I pray for Clearview Baptist Church yonder in a distant time when they will stand and worship me in a synagogue that I will place and he planted it. God praise the Lord for planting Clearview Baptist Church. Often thank the credentials of a Christian and I, I think it is so important that we reflect the credentials that God wants us to have. But as I said, I do believe the credentials of God is so important to us as we feel like that those credentials are the grace and mercy and all of those things that uh, I love the song. Mercy, uh, mercy drops round us, our falling, and blah, 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 forgot what the rest is. What is that song? There shall be showers of blessings. That's God's mercy falling around us. And you've heard me say, I believe that God has a, a bucket full of blessings for all his children. And what hinges on those blessings that God has is our obedient considering God in our lives. And I think that is withheld at times because of our reluctance to let God be all he wants to, to be. And then John would say there in his little chapter, I guess it's a one chapter. I wasn't sure how to write it down when I sent a note to Brother Norman and Sister Anita. I didn't know whether to put John 1, 1 through 13 or just John 1, 13. John, and not say the chapter. It's not really a chapter, is it? As you look at the book of John, mine doesn't say a chapter. It says 2 John 1 through 13. So however you might want to say it, but, but it says so much. And, and I, I like to look at it. I, I like to see that we as his church must have a desire for this truth. And we grow in that truth by acknowledging God every day in our lives. And uh, in verse 5, there he hits a very essential part of what is needed to be that chosen lady. The church is, a, is to love one another. In the Bible, that Jesus was summing up to the young man what was the greatest of the commandments. And he did not annihilate or do away or put aside the commandments, but he said the greatest of all of those, and they had many besides the ten, they had six or seven hundred uh, as the religious uh, leadership of the day was, but First of all, Jesus said the first and greatest is to love the Lord thy God with all the heart, mind, and soul. And the second was likened to it, love thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments hinges all the laws of God. And it's about love. Love God and love one another. And uh, as we look back in the, the Bible at the obedient people who was so ready <clears throat> to, to share and reflect that love, I certainly... Look back for a moment about Moses. And he said, he chose rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season to suffer the afflictions of God with God's people. And sometimes I believe that God's people has a time of suffering. I don't believe that's been taken away. And I believe that God will bless us in the areas of suffering if need be uh, in order for his will to be shining and us to be that obedient servant that he wants us to be. Uh, but Moses... He was obedient when he saw the bush burning and it wasn't consumed. I believe today that we are to look about us and to know for certain that the bush of commitment is burning. And it will burn without consuming that bush, the bush that God wants to say, say to us, to tell us to be up and about his business. And uh, as I look at many in the Bible, they were so ready to hear, to see, and to follow the signs of God. Is signs still about us today? Certainly so. Read a story not too long ago about a man by the name of Otis Sampson. 
He was a person who was traveling one day on the, on the highways and somehow or another, you know, I used to see that suitcases were tied on the top of the car. And one of the suitcases fell off and the fellow following found, uh, stopped and got the suitcase. Couldn't ever catch up to the fellow, but he opened it up and it said who it was and the address. And he wrote the man telling him that he had found his suitcase. And he got a letter back from Otis Sampson and he said, I appreciate so much you uh, sending me a note that you found my suitcase, but you can have everything in it except one thing. And that is there is a gold $20, a $20 gold piece that's in that and it's my most prized possession. Would you please send that to me? Certainly being the Christian man that he was and wanted to do God's will, he did exactly that. He mailed this $20 gold piece back to Mr. Sampson with a note. I can appreciate your appreciation for that $20 gold piece. And it's a precious piece of metal. But I want to tell you, my most precious possession is Jesus Christ, my Savior and Lord. About a year later, he got a package from Mr. Sampson. And in that package was a $20 gold piece that he was sending him back with the note that said, thank you, and now my prized possession is Jesus Christ. Oh, but it matters what you say, what you do, and where you do it. God wants to use you in a very dramatic way. And when this year gets full swing, will you be in the swing of God's will and show others about following Jesus and doing God's will? He wants to use you. He used Abraham. Even took Abraham to the top of the mountain to prove his faith. And that faith would shine when he would be willing to sacrifice his son on an altar of commitment. But God's angel would start, stay his hand and he would see the faithfulness of Abraham would take him the full distance. There was Abel. There was Enoch. And on and on you can read in the Bible. But one of the fellows that I came across this week as I was reading some of those people of faith that you can read about over in Hebrews, the, what is it, the 11th chapter, I think. But Joseph was a man who I think that was he, was, he was God's man, but he was God's boy. And he was a person who would, yes, he would suffer, the afflictions that would come upon him because where God would allow him to be, but to bring about the satisfaction of God's will to one day bring about not only his own life spared and to share and to provide for his immediate family, but that a birth of a nation would come out of the father of Joseph, Jacob himself, who was later called Israel. And because of the faithfulness of a little boy, a little boy, a lot of difference could be made in a great big world. There's still story after story to be written, to be told. And maybe one of those stories can come out of your life and maybe mine. So let's be writing. Let's be getting guided from God that he'll show us what he needs us to do. We've heard the voice of Jesus through John here this morning and uh, it causes me to think about the song, Oh, What a Savior. And we were blessed this last week as we went down to uh, Grayson Manor uh, had a visitor with us, uh, brother Je uh, uh, brother uh, Jeff Armstrong, and he used to be in a quartet. And he, I asked him to sing a song that I remembered. And he used to sing, "Oh, what a Savior!" And it blessed us so much. But I just have been reflecting since then. Oh, what a Savior! Oh, Hallelujah! He gave his life that we could have eternal life, that we could be, as John has rightly told us this morning, a part of the bride of Christ the lovely lady, the church of Jesus Christ that he wants us to be. What a privilege, what an awesome thing.
And maybe this morning, maybe you're not even a part of the family of God by way of salvation. But if by chance you've walked the distance of life without the Lord, please don't go any further because God so loved the world and that includes you that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world that the world would be saved. The will of God hinges today upon all of us. Are you ready to say yes to a love that won't turn you loose? Are you a child of God and need to walk closer this coming year than you've ever walked before? You know, to mirror God's love, we need to be close enough that the reflection of Jesus can shine through our lives. Do we need to make a step or two in that direction? What do you need to do today that maybe tomorrow will not afford you the opportunity? Would you do it for Jesus? Bow with us as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you today for that love that we can know. We thank you today for the joy that this comes to our hearts because of Jesus. And we just ask you now, Lord, as we come to the time of your invitation, that we may need to do something or to say something or make some commitment that will let you know that we love you too, that we want to walk close enough to you that we can hear what you want to say to us. And Lord, we just ask a special blessing on these moments of decision that has now come that we might say and do what you'd have us to, that tomorrow would be a better day than has ever been. In your precious name we pray. Amen.